Good afternoon. Thank you once again for joining me. Julian Campbell here. We've got another interesting show lined up for you this week. A bit later on, we'll have a couple of our Harvard Business Review tips. One of them is overcome a bad first impression. Also, we're talking with Christina about some interesting innovation stories that are going on at the moment. But uh, right now, we're going to have a chat with Margot Smith, who's the General Manager Engagement and Marketing with the Australian Institute of Management. Good afternoon, Margot. Good afternoon, Julian. And I'm sorry you're not feeling so well, but uh, <laughs> we hope you get better soon. Thank you and so we, much. And we appreciate you uh, spending your time to come and have a chat with us about networking. So, no problem. What, what value do you see in, in networking? Yeah, I think there are a range of um, valuable opportunities in networking, more opportunities to get ahead. Uh, you might be in business development or sales, so you might be looking for, for clients. If you're with a group, it's team building. So let's say that's Friday night drinks or a morning tea in the workplace. Sometimes you can meet a mentor or a mentee because um, it's good to have a range of, of those. Uh, job opportunities or promotions might pop up and just really a range of contacts that you never knew you needed. So I, I know that a lot of people go to these networking functions. They go, oh, we're going to have a have a free lunch or a afternoon, evening snacks or whatever. But really they do need, there's some specific things they need to do to get some value out of networking, don't they? They do, they do. They need to plan uh, how they're going to approach the event. So start by walking in relaxed and just be yourself because uh, there's no one else like you. So it'll help you connect to people in a more meaningful way. And work around the room, so don't uh, necessarily stick to the same people. Try and prepare, so see if you can get a hold of the list beforehand and see if there's anyone in particular that you'd like to meet with uh, to facilitate a particular um, contact that you've been looking to explore. It's always good to ask questions and and seem genuinely interested in someone and and really validate um, that connection that you're you're forming. Mm. And these days we also talk a lot about um, diversity. So there's no point having a network of people just like you because the opportunities won't be as diverse either. So oh. think about who you're going to approach and, and ensure that it's a, a range of people. And, and uh, a lot of people are quite scared with doing this networking and uh, mm. you've mentioned questions there. It's a good idea to have a few prepared questions, isn't it? Really, you can only, if you had three or four questions, you could keep asking different people the same question. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so things like, uh, what does your average day look like? How do you spend your weekends? Um, you know, how long have you been at X company? So it's always good just to have a few uh, bond-forming questions up your sleeve. And I always find a useful one is, uh, what challenges are you facing in your business at the moment? Yeah, very topical. Because <laughs> everybody's facing challenges, aren't they? They are, they are, yeah. yeah. And I believe that uh, you've got a, a very special networking event happening next week in Sydney. We do, we do. So we're attempting to break the Guinness World Record for the um, speed networking event across multiple venues. So uh, each person will be able to connect with more than 20 people in a speed networking event, and they're being held across the country in a range of venues. So across the country, not just in Sydney? That's correct. So, yeah, it's on Monday afternoon and uh, it's being held in seven locations. So Sydney, Brisbane, Melbourne, Darwin, uh, Adelaide and Canberra. Unfortunately, not Newcastle. 
Newcastle this time, yes. No, we were there recently, though. That's, yeah. uh, that's where I met yourself. Well, that's true. We, we met at that event and uh, actually, uh, I was just looking at my certificate, I've been a member of the, of the uh, Australian Institute of Management for 40 years this week. Um, Great. And Thank I can you, remember uh, 20 years ago, we did have an office here in, uh, in Newcastle and, and quite a lot of activity. I believe yes. that you're looking to revamp uh, and, and put the Hunter back on your map. Yes, so we're exploring creating a committee in the Newcastle and Hunter region of members in the area. So we're looking for people who are interested in uh, forming a committee in Newcastle to advise us of the types of events that uh, that you'd like to see, whether they be networking or professional development or, or any other. And, and so what sort of benefits can you see for having that committee and having those events up here in New- Newcastle? Sure. So it helps us to have an understanding of what's happening on the ground in regions such as Hunter and Newcastle. So we have about 15 regional committees across the country and it's important for AIM to get a sense of you know, what specifically is happening in, in that particular region. So obviously recently we attended the innovation um, evening and that was really interesting to see some of the specific developments happening in Newcastle. Yeah, and of course there was a lot of you, uh, of the younger leaders there coming along. Yes. And it's uh, and it was interesting to. In fact, I talked to uh, to Michael from HunterNet last week on the radio. The, yes. the leadership program that they have in place for for developing young leaders. But of course, the Australian Institute of Management is for for people of all uh, levels in an organisation, isn't it? It absolutely is. So we've relaunched a student membership this year as well. So full time students can become members of AIM. So um, if they want to attend National Networking Day in Sydney, then their membership uh, is $50, and that includes a free ticket to the event on Monday afternoon. And then we have you know emerging leader category of membership right up to our fellows of, of AIM. So um, the uh, networking event that you've got on next week, is it on your website or somewhere like that? Yes, yeah. So aim.com.au... Um, forward slash NND yep. 2016. Okay, but if they just go to the com website, they'll probably find it anyway? Yeah, you'll see a tile um, sitting at the top of the page. Fantastic. Well, we look forward to uh, you coming up here again another time and uh, experiencing some further networking. Wonderful. Thanks for your time, Julian. Thank you very much for your time. Bye-bye. Okay, bye. Margot Smith there from the Australian Institute of Management. Yes, a very useful organisation for developing yourself as a manager and as a leader. And it was sad to see them go a few years ago, but it would be great to see them back here. Time to pop over to Christina for our chat on innovation. Good afternoon, Christina. Good afternoon, Julian. How are you on this I'm, fine day? It's, I'm very well on yourself. I'm sitting in a warm studio. I know. It's nice to be warm today, isn't it? It is quite cold outside. It's a bit cool. It's about 16 degrees, Mark. Mm, yes, and I've I got to say that I reneged on my walk this morning and went to yoga instead because it was way too cold for me. Yoga was inside, I presume. It was. It was <laughs> in, a, in a warmer room, let me tell you. So, so this week we're going to talk about a few of those uh, interesting uh, innovation stories. Yeah, sure. So I thought it might be time to, to touch back on a couple of products because we've talked about, you know, workplaces and, and um, things that people should do to put themselves in an innovative space and in a, in a successful work environment. So this week I thought we might return to a couple of products. And the first one that um, I we've, have actually mentioned this briefly before, but we're going to talk about nanorobots targeting cancer cells. 
And what, what a nanorobot is in this instance, so they're injecting what they're calling nanorobots into people's bloodstreams as trials. And they were doing this quite some time ago for, for things like um, prostate cancer, but they're now, uh, they've opened it up to, to more different types of cancers. So there's a, um, the University of Montreal uh, doing some tests in this, and what they're using, what a nanorobot actually is, they're, they're called flagellar bacteria, and what they are, there's all these, there's a hundred million flagellated bacteria in our systems apparently. And the nanorobots, sorry, the nanorobots use about a hundred million flagellated bacteria. And if you can imagine, they're like these little clumps of bacteria cells that, that whip around in your bloodstream almost like a, a, a super spaceship. Um, and they move like a propeller action and they've got sensors on them. They're very sensitive to, temperature and to chemicals so there it's a natural it's a bacteria in the body they're sensitive to to um temperature and chemicals which means that they can then inject them into the bloodstream with and target the cancer cells so they're carrying um they're carrying the the chemicals that need are needed to fight the cancer cell but they're able to be more direct so what they're able to do is they can self-navigate through the bloodstream and they identify what they call hypoxic zones so Cancer cells deplete the, the cancer cells. Yes, deplete the cells, the healthy cells of oxygen. So, these nanorobots can identify the hypoxic zones, which are the oxygen depleted areas of a cancerous tumor, and they can precisely administer drug treatment. Mm. What that that does is just opens up a whole new um, avenue for treatment of, of particularly hard to target cancers. But also, it means that the chemotherapy that we're using won't be as toxic um, mm. for the whole for the whole body. Now, they're managing to target areas now so that the chemotherapy isn't being injected into the whole system, but to actually be able to send it just to the specific cells um, is quite will be quite a remarkable, you know, thing as far as health. Um, part of the problem um, with the cancers also is that when you're being treated with chemotherapy is a lack of appetite, so you're not getting the nutrients when you're not feeling like eating, this will reduce all those symptoms um, and, you know, potentially target cells, only the, only the unhealthy cells, which would be fantastic. And we, and we often talk on this program about innovation being the solution to a lot of the problems that we see around. And, of course, cancer has been around for a long time. If we can find solutions to that, that's fantastic. Yeah, we can. Yeah, that would be wonderful. And just to, to be able to alleviate suffering from, you mm. know, as if somebody with cancer isn't suffering enough to be able to alleviate um, that ongoing sickness and, you know, the, the hair loss and everything mm. else that comes along with it. It's quite tragic when you watch it. Mm. Um, another thing that we that I found this week was Elon Musk, who's, you know, doing the Hyperloop and doing Tesla and doing all kinds of amazing things, is now he's just announced a solar roof product. Okay. And we, we know that we've got solar panels and we know that um, there are paints now that you can paint on your roof that will capture um, solar solar power. But what they're doing now is they've got solar roof tiles. Mm. So instead of just putting the modules on top, you can actually replace when your when your roof is ready to be for the tiles to be tiles to be repro- um, replaced, you can actually replace them with these tiles. So it, it's quite an exciting um, thing. Mm. It means that you know potentially we could if every just imagine if every house um, had the solar roof tiles, 
um, what that would do for energy, you know, energy creation and everything in our and consumption um, for us. So yeah. great, you know, we could actually put off um, installing. Maybe or maybe I shouldn't say this out there, but you know, waiting until that such a time as our tiles needed replacing. And I know about this because ours just needed them. <laughs> uh, and you know, had I had this been a product that was available, you know, we would have. Jump put this it. on our roof instead, yeah. yeah. So, you know, just another avenue for um, and what people are doing to save energy, which is quite remarkable, or to, to save the detrimental effects of creating energy. It's yeah. quite remarkable. It always, it always makes me wonder why we haven't got solar panels on all roofs, really. I'm about to put yeah. them on my house this week. Yeah, it is a question that can be asked, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but maybe that, that whole debate is something we couldn't have another time, I'm not <laughs> sure. Um, or leave it to others to have it and we'll just report on that's, the outcome. Like there's probably um, two to- sides to every story. And there are, there's always two sides. We actually, it was very interesting, Julian, because we had a, uh, an ethical conversation last night at, um, at, a, at a particular course at the university uh, and the, the debate went on for two and a half hours and, and what everybody realised at the end was, you know, there are a thousand shades of grey. As mm. one of our panellists said, forget 50 shades of grey, there's a thousand shades <laughs> of grey, you know. So anyway, so we, one of the... We've got time products, for one more. Okay, one more. Oh, which one? Do you want the meat without animals or no. do you want the drone? Let's have the drones one. Okay, so um, one particular company has, uh, or the researchers um, at another university have come up with a particular medical drone. So this medical drone is able to deliver um, medicine to areas where people can't get to. So instead of instead of taking you know days or, or perhaps longer to get medicines to p- particular people, there's about a billion people in the world who don't have access apparently to reliable roads, which I found that figure quite astonishing when I was was reading this. A billion mm. people in the world don't have access to reliable roads. So when they get sick, um, you know, they either get care or it's just impossible for them to get care. And apparently this is quite common in Madagascar. So 70, 70% of the people there live in rural settings. Uh, and they're very remote, very remote. And you can't, you can only get there on foot. P- potentially, you can't even get there by bike. You know, they've, they've talked about bicycles. Mm. So they're, they're flying um, the medicine in, in these particularly or in these specifically made drones that you know you can cool, keep the medicine at the right temperature, navigate it. It's got compartments, things like that. So just a, you know, a small mm. adaptation, I guess, to a technology that we have now, which is the drone. Um, and they're able to deliver medicines to people that otherwise wouldn't be able to have them. Yeah, it's amazing what you can do with these drones. They're just getting more and more complex. My my son's just bought one, and it goes up to such a great height, and it mm. can return back to exactly where it left from, and you know, yeah. it knows when its battery is down. And yeah, it's it's amazing how how the drones and yeah. you can see that technology continuing to be used in a good sense, as as we yeah. said. You know, and as as Tom Kelly says, when technology meets humanity for common good, that's when all the great things happen. The other thing these drones can do, of course, is collect samples. Yeah. So they could collect samples from the sick, you know, a blood so, sample or yeah. a saliva sample, say, and take it back to the um, take it back to the doctors for for more accurate diagnosis. Fantastic. Well, thanks very much for your time again, and we'll have a chat again on innovation next week. I look forward to it. Have a great week. You too. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye, Christina. They're helping us to see those some fantastic little ideas coming up, isn't it? We've got time for a Harvard Business Review tip. As I said earlier, this one, overcoming a bad first impression. A bad first impression can be hard to shake, but changing how others view you is not impossible. 
Here are four ways to overturn entrenched beliefs. First of all, surprise people. For example, if you've developed a reputation for never speaking up, make a point of being the first person to speak in a meeting and make multiple comments. Secondly, overcompensate over time. Bombard people with a lot of evidence to suggest that their first impression was wrong. Do it not just once, but consistently. Thirdly, get closer to people. If you've started out on the wrong foot with someone, don't avoid them. Find ways to get to know them better so that they can see who you really are. And wait it out. Sometimes the bad impression your colleague formed has nothing to do with you. If you're patient and continue to act in ways you're proud of, most people will come around to you eventually. And while we're talking about those sorts of things, this one here, before a difficult conversation, take the other person's perspective. When you need to talk through a difficult issue with a co-worker, it's tempting to get it over with. But don't start the conversation until you've taken the time to see the situation from their perspective. Try to get a sense of what your colleague might be thinking. They have a rationale for the way they've been behaving. So what might be the reason? Imagine you're in their shoes. Ask yourself a question like, what would I do if I were them? Also ask yourself what your colleague is trying to achieve. You need a sense of what their goal is if you want to help them achieve it. Identify places where you too see eye to eye on issues. This common ground will give you foundation to problem solve jointly and will make the conversation go much more smoothly. Well, thank you for being with me for the last half hour. I hope you've enjoyed the program. We've looked at the power of networking with Margot Smith from the Australian Institute of Management, a couple of those interesting innovation stories. In a moment, Dave Cochran will be back with you with more of your easy listening favourites. Next week, we're going to talk about tax deductions with Tony Vidray from AV Chartered Accountants. We'll have our Minute on Innovation with Christina and have some more business and legal news and views that might affect your business. I'd love your company again for the business, the law and you next week at the same time. Until then, have an exciting and prosperous week. And as Benjamin Franklin once said, when in doubt, don't. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.